Good morning. Good morning. Hey, let's try that again just for everybody in Edgewood that didn't get it right the first time. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, we're so grateful that you guys are here, and uh, we're going to have a seat. Uh, uh, we are so excited about uh, this m- message series called Stories. Uh, we're just telling about what God has done, and uh, I, I think this may be one of the coolest stories that I've seen in our, the history of our church in six and a half years. Uh, and not because it's just life change, uh, because it is, but just really God's sense of humor and the way that he orchestrates things is really, really cool. And uh, so I, I've got a couple of friends, and they truly are my friends, and uh, it's awesome when you can have a, uh, a pastor who's friends with uh, former law enforcement guys and convicts. It's pretty cool. And uh that's really true. I'm not just making that up, right? So, like, uh, but this is Sam Mayer. Sam is a uh, a resident of Edgewood, pretty much lifelong, and um, we have known each other for probably close to six years now, and uh, just excited about what God has done. Uh, he leads a journey group for us and uh, has done so in that capacity for quite some time, and uh, they were a long time ago, man. It's like maybe our first journey group. We we were kind of in one together for a real short time. Here. Here when we met at the church, here uh, when I came on Thursday Yeah, that, nights. that was one of the first, like, five groups that we ended up blowing up because they didn't ever work, and so I was the leader of one of those, And but Sam branched off for us and got it going. Uh, and then Eric uh, is, is a guy who uh, stumbled in our doors probably, I would say, three and a half years ago, something like that, and uh, just uh, is a really cool testimony of what God has done. And so I'm going to let them kind of share just a little bit about what God has done, and, and uh, I'll ask a few questions to kind of help us uh, get to really to hear all that God is doing through their relationship. But uh, sit back, enjoy it, and uh, just be thankful for how the Lord has blessed this relationship and these two men. Uh, so Sam, just give us a two, three-minute you know, story about yourself. So Brandon asked us to kind of tell about where we came from and our journey in Christ. And I, I grew up in a household. Uh, my, my mom was uh, raised Catholic. Uh, I was raised Catholic. My dad, uh, uh, he was a truck driver. He went to church with us when he could, when he was in. Uh, as life went on, we, we went to church every Sunday. Uh, went to the Catholic church uh, over in Canton. Uh, I, and I, I feel like I always knew who Christ was, but as I... As I grew older, uh, something happened in my life where I lost my brother around 2003, and I had that doubt. And uh, the one thing I thank God for is that he loves us even when we doubt him. But uh, through, uh, through a, from an amazing wife and uh, family and friends, uh, I got through that rough patch, and uh, I was working at Van Zandt County Sheriff's Office, and I had a partner who came over here the first weekend to uh, – when uh, when Stone Point opened up, and she just kept on. She set these cards on my desk, and, hey, you need to come to church with us. You need to come to church with us. And she hit me up one weekend. She said, hey, they have this bring a friend, and we've really got to bring a friend. And I, I don't really know anybody else, you know, because cops hang out with cops. I mean, you know. It, and so she's, you know, hey, will you and Crystal please come with us to church? So we came over, and we uh, we came to Stone Point, and, when I came in and I saw Brandon, I knew Brandon from going to Will's Point. I knew of him. Uh, I think we graduated about the same time. Yeah. And uh, I was like, this guy's about my age. And we sat and we listened. And to be honest, we came the first weekend. And then we went home and we didn't come for a couple weeks. And then a couple weeks later, I was like, you know what? Hey, let's go back and try it out again. And uh, as, I, as we came more and more, 
uh, we uh, we really wanted our daughter to know Christ. We just we we didn't feel like we were connecting, and uh, through everything that happened, and so so we made that commitment that we wanted to get plugged back into a church. And uh, Brandon met with us at the Lumberyard Cafe and sat down, and we talked about where you know where we were at and you know what we believed, and uh, we came to starting point, and it was just from then on out. It, I knew about Christ, but growing up Catholic, you know, we never studied the Bible the way that that I've learned to study the Bible. Brandon took the time to sit down with me, and you know, when uh, decided I want to become a, a journey group leader, I said, "I know where my faith is at. I know who Christ is. I know what He's done in my life, but the one thing that I lack is really knowing the Bible." So, the only time I had off at the time working at the sheriff's office was Friday mornings. But that was the one morning that Brandon kind of took off at that time. But he took the time to meet with me and and that just him showing that love to me and it it's it's inspired me to want to give that love to others you know to take that time and I've always been a I always felt that I was raised in a home to to give but I never really knew what it was like to to give Christ's word to other people uh I feel from the time I was like in the third grade I feel like I've always worn a uniform to the I was in Cub Scouts and I was a Boy Scout then I was uh I went from after high school. I went to uh, to the military, and then on, and then I became a law enforcement officer. Uh, and so that kind of right there is going to set up for the rest of the story that we have to tell this morning on where I came from. And but I just want to thank both these guys sitting here on the stage with me this morning because both of them have affected my life in an amazing way. And there's a lot of people sitting here in this uh, audience this morning, both here and at Edgewood, that I just I thank every one of you for the way you've touched my life and. I hope that I can give back to those, to others, and I hope I give as much to you as you've given to me. Amen. <clears throat> Eric, uh, share just a, you know two or three minutes. All right. So um, I went to first and second grade in Edgewood, third, fourth, and fifth in Canton. I was born in Houston. Uh, after fifth grade, I moved back. Uh, while I was here, we went to church on Sundays because um, we were made to go. And, uh, you know, I went to Sunday school and goofed off and all that stuff, but I never really felt included in anything. Um, both of my parents are drug addicts or were drug addicts. Um, my mother and father divorced when I was two. Uh, I lived in an abusive home, which is why I had to move back to my father's house. Um, when I went there, I got, uh, well, I was really angry, had a lot of stuff built up inside me. I got involved with drugs and gangs and uh you know just went really left and uh never went back to church never thought about church uh, my dad sold drugs my brother sold drugs it was kind of like the family business so uh 2003 hpd and dea were building a case against my brother for cocaine trafficking and uh we decided that we needed to take some time off and get out of houston so, of course, I come back to East Texas where my mom lived, and uh, my plan was to be here for about six months and let the heat die down and go back to Houston. Well, uh, I was here for about three months and went to prison for six years for aggravated assault. Um, I got out in 2009, still addicted to drugs, um, ran the streets, got involved with drug dealers again. Uh, I had my daughter in 2012, and... Uh, or 2011, I think she was born, 2011. And uh, toxic relationship, I was not father material or uh, boyfriend material. Uh, me and my fiance split up. Um, 
one of my best friends, uh, in the middle of our addiction, gave me two books. It had been about a year that me and my uh, girlfriend were separated, and I had been missing my daughter, and I, I wanted to kind of get over the hump and try to deal with this addiction and get back and be a part of the family. So my buddy tricked me, and he gave me a book called The Father and His Family. He said, read this book on parenting. And uh, I read the first two chapters, and it was talking about fathers and their relationships with their children, things like that. And then I got to chapter three, and, you know, it related to how God is the father, and we're his children. And then he gave me this Bible. It's the first Bible I ever read cover to cover. And uh, it changed my life. And so uh, about 2013, I was in the yard. I was high. I was in the middle of my addiction. And uh, I read... Isaiah chapter 1, and uh, it's the first time I ever cried reading the Bible, and I, I couldn't help but thinking, how could God um, be so angry at us that he would tell his people that, um, you know, when you raise your hands in prayers, I won't, I won't see it, or that your sacrifices are a stench in my nostril, and it just broke me down. And then uh, Psalms 51, I read, and it was my life in the Bible, you know, uh, have mercy on me, oh God. And so those things just really changed the way that I looked at the world. And so my girlfriend's uh, stepfather brought me to Finn's Feathers and Furs the first time I come here. And uh, I walked in, and uh, guys were covered in camo from, from front to back. You know, and I knew that I belonged. And uh, from that moment, you know, I haven't stopped coming here. I followed in baptism. Uh, I've taken a lot of opportunities that the church has offered uh me and my fiance now uh are back together we've reconciled uh we're about to get married on february 3rd we take and merge yeah. it's just been a blessing god yeah. has absolutely transformed our life yeah and we'll and we'll tell you more about that in just a minute how all that orchestrated uh, but uh, men let me just go ahead and encourage you real quick whether you be here or in edgewood i think there's two things that have already been said that are huge nuggets of truth. Actually, there's three of them. Number one, the reason that this man right here is here is because someone took the time to invite him. And it is a tragedy in my mind that we have slacked off in that area. And we have. Uh, there are plenty of seats in all of our services. Edgewood is going to two services next week to create more space. There are people who still need Jesus. There are people who have said no that if if prompted again, they may say yes. And we just need to be in the business of inviting people. The second nugget of truth was is that he came and said, I, I went and I got plugged in. I went to group link, and that's happening today. And so today's a great opportunity for you to get plugged in with another group of believers. And then Eric just said, my very first experience ever with Stone Point was a bunch of guys gathering together in camo going, duh. I mean, just... <laughs> You know, and I mean, here's the deal. It, that's what it's there for. It's for guys to be able to come and to celebrate what God can do among men. And so that's happening. Three things right here at our fingertips. We, we don't have to wait for them a month or two or three. They're right here. And so let's take advantage of those. Um, and so, hey, real quick. So here it is. He grew up in Edgewood, grew up in a Catholic home, came to Stone Point, was welcomed, has been discipled, has really learned what it looks like to follow Jesus in a way that's wholeheartedly uh, and unashamedly uh, in love with him. And uh, his family has seen that. Eric has uh, began to see the fruit of this man's ministry and, and so much of what he's uh, learned. But let's, let's go back to the day where y'all first met. 
it was at a group link, okay? Um, and so Sam, just you, you, we had kind of convinced you to come, so kind of give the, the, the front end of that story. So the, the one thing I'll say <clears throat> is that uh, I encourage, I know Brandon and I have had the conversation, Cody and I have had the conversation, Brian and I have had the conversation. Don't let it, if you uh, get into a journey group and it, it just doesn't seem to be the right fit, don't let that stop you from coming back. So Brandon talked to us. He, he put all this work into me. Uh, we, we studied the Bible. He gets me started as a journey group leader. Crystal and I started our first journey group. And lo and behold, it went one semester and couldn't really get people to commit. Uh, some people moved off. We basically ended up with, with no journey group. And we had come from uh, being with uh, Sean and Amy Davis and, and their journey group. And Crystal really enjoyed their journey group. But she also wanted to be faithful to the church and faithful. You know, if, if God had it planned for us to be journey group leaders, and we were going to be journey group leaders. So uh, we came, and uh, she asked Brandon, she said, uh, so what do you want us to do? And he's like, I'll tell you what. When we get done, y'all sit over at this table, and if nobody uh, – comes over and sits down, you know, if that time doesn't fit, then y'all can go back to the Davis's journey group. And uh, so I remember her sitting over there, and I was sitting there at the table, and Crystal's foot's going, hey, do you think it's been long enough? Do you think it's been long <laughs> I don't think it And all of a sudden, here comes this group of people walking up, and uh, they sit down. And, and at the time, I was getting ready to uh, to run for sheriff of Van Zandt County, which, uh, you know, it was uh, – and I told everybody sitting there at the table, hey, look, if you don't like law enforcement, if you don't like – you know, hey, our family eats, sleeps, you know, we are the thin blue line, you know uh, – if you like the other guy, if there's something you don't like about me, I just want to be upfront and, you know, I don't want this to, I don't want my, what I'm about to do to curve you from learning about Jesus. I don't want, you know, so everybody said, okay. And I think that, uh, at the time, I think Eric was actually, uh, Courtney was sitting there, but I don't think Eric actually heard when I said that. And, uh, he didn't understand I was getting ready to run for sheriff. Yeah, we had, we had the kind of the cops and robbers group, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So we had kind of those that looked like God and then those that didn't. You know, and, and I'm going to be honest with you. One thing, and, and I'll anytime I'd, be, I'd love to share further other than, you know, this, I, we don't really have the time this morning, but one thing I've grown in Christ is I had to separate from being a cop to the fact of that, you know, cops profile everybody. Uh, we profile, you know, whether you know whether it's good or bad. And so this guy comes walking up, and, you know, uh, he's got on a long sleeve shirt this morning, but he's got, you know, tats from, you know, hands to, you know, and I'm sitting here going, I look at Crystal as we're walking out, and I'm like, yeah, I think that guy's got a pass. I think that guy's got a pass. But, hey, hey, we're going to, you know, Brandon said, let's try it out. We're going to be faithful, so let's try it out. So Eric, I mean, Eric stumbles into the group, and uh, you, you show up the very first time, and then tell us, like, when you finally realize, like, my journey group leader is in law enforcement. So, <laughs> so it's really weird how it happened because initially at the group link, there was another couple that uh, my fiance and I wanted to, to get with. But towards the end, they were like, you know, we're retired. We don't have childcare. And, you know, I had a three, four-year-old daughter at the time. I was like, oh, we can't go there. Let's try this other group out in Edgewood. So we meet and we talk. And, like, I, I miss, you know, the law enforcement part. But we show up at their house. And, of course, Courtney tells me nothing about it. Uh, we show up out there and uh, we're talking and we're having dinner and you know we're discussing and Sam starts talking about law enforcement. You know when I walk in, there's you know police vest on the chair and there's a shotgun in the corner. I'm like, <laughs> you know, what's going on? So I'm, I'm a little nervous, you know. And uh, but we had a real good time and we, we all had our whole group had conversation. We connected on so many points. 
uh, when we left, I told Courtney, I said, I wonder if he's going to do a background check on me. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, and the, so the funny thing is, uh, I had actually been on the run for about two years at this time. I had, I had went to a rehab facility for probation. And due to some circumstances there, I had to leave. I, I left. And I come home, and uh, I just never checked in with probation. So uh, Sam's about to run for sheriff. Uh, we're probably six months in at this time, you know, and I've really come to respect him as an inv individual and as a man. And, you know, I said, I can't in good conscience sit at your dinner table every Sunday night as you run for sheriff and let you have a felon on the run in your house. And, uh, you know, Sam took it in stride and uh, was really able to just encourage me and, and, and say that we're going to figure this out and we're going to do the right thing. Yeah, I, I remember that phone call uh, from Sam. <laughs> And I'll tell you, I'm like, I've heard pretty much everything, but he goes, hey, man, uh, I'm looking forward to meeting this Friday, but hey, just real quick, I, I got a couple questions for you. And so he's like, hey, I got this guy, and yeah, he's on the run. I'm like, should I arrest him right now? Or like, I mean, it, but it, talk, talk through this, because it, it really was a serious charge that was pending, uh, potential really eight to 10 years back into the pen. And, um, and then you and I talked and, and just go, hey, we've got to encourage this man to do what's right. And uh, so walk, walk us through that, the DA, and all that stuff. Well, that was the funny part. You know, I've, I've always strived to do the right thing. Uh, I call Brandon, and I, I'm trying to find the happy medium between law enforcement and uh, being uh, true to the church. And, you know, what the thing was, and I'll be honest with you, I never ran a background check because uh, the thing was I told Crystal that, you know, if Brandon's got faith to put these people into our journey group and Stone Point, then you know I'm gonna let I'm gonna see what God does, because uh, you know I, I can tell you right now five years ago I would have found a reason to either dissolve the journey group or not have someone you know like that. But this but this man right here has changed my life in the way that I see and the way that I uh, the way that I realize that God's love is. But so I went down and saw the DA. And I, I've always tried to be helpful. I'll help anybody. Uh, and and he, the thing was, I'd seen him be a father, and I had seen him be, uh, try, you know, to be that that male role model to his to his girlfriend, to his fiance. And I knew that his life had changed. And until that point, I didn't believe. I believe people came through the the doors of the jail, and they were just. It was just a. It was just a catch and release. Catch and release. You know what was the point in law enforcement? You know, because all we do is we go out and we catch them, we throw them back in, and then they just, you know, they're just we're just going to let them out and they're going to go do something again. There was no, I didn't have any faith there, and uh, so I went down and saw the DA and I, and, and I talked to him, uh, to the DA and he said, yeah, I know who he is, and uh, yeah, we've got a warrant out for him. He said, uh, I think we're looking, at, you know, he said right now I think I'm looking at I'm thinking about 20, 25 years. And I was like, oh. I was like, well, what's the charge? He didn't really tell me. So long story short. Uh, if you have an original charge, which Eric talked about, he had a he went down to, to prison for for aggravated assault. He was out on probation. They call it what they call it is they call it revoking it. But when they revoke it, it goes back to the original charge. So it was going back to a felony offense, and so that's why he was talking about twenty years. And so I talked to him. I talked to uh, I went over and I, I said I said this guy has changed. I said you know I said you know me. I said, we've worked together. So I, you know, I've sent cases over here. You know that I'm not the type to give in on somebody. And, uh, I said, this guy has changed. I said, this guy is not the guy we need locked up, you know, for forever. And, uh, 
He said, okay, well, Brandon ended up writing a letter. I wrote a letter. A lot. I know a lot of other people wrote letters. And uh, we talked to the probation department, and I was able to – and so I came back and talked to Eric and Courtney and told them what we had come up with and that he was just going to have to have faith, but that the DA couldn't make any promises. And that was the truth. He couldn't. He was going to have to turn himself in and see what that looked like. And so we uh, – so we, so that point, uh, I told Brandon what was going on, and we talked to Eric, and I'll let Eric go on from there what happened Yeah, next. so just real quick, and uh, just walk us through, like, what was going through your mind, Courtney's mind, how you expressed this to Kennedy, your little girl, about, hey, I've, I've got to do what's right and, and turning yourself in. So um, I was on the run for my second aggravated assault charge. Um, and two drug charges pending. Um, so Sam come and talked to me and said he, you know, he had talked and they were talking about, you know, two or three years in, in prison that there was absolutely no way that the probation office was going to go back and give me probation again. Um, so I, I talked to Courtney. God was really, I was at a point in my life where God was teaching me to walk in faith, uh, to trust to believe, to understand that his plan is greater than my plan and that what I have for myself isn't always necessarily what he has for me. So, um, you know, Courtney's really in a place right now where she's following my lead. And so I tell her, I said, I believe that God wants me to do this. And I believe that there's a purpose for it, that, that if I do this, that God's glory is going to shine through. There's going to be an opportunity here that I can get to help someone. And uh, it's been time and time again that I've seen my life uh, played out in Scripture. And uh, so there's a chapter in, in Matthew uh, where he says, when you're arrested, don't worry about what you're going to say because it's not going to be you who's speaking. It's going to be the spirit of your father speaking through you. And so I thought that had to do with me uh, going in front of the judge, but it absolutely didn't. I, I turned myself in. Um, which it, God really blessed me through the whole thing. Normally, when you turn, when you're in county, you're there for three months to a year before you go to court. I was there for 30 days um, before the time I went to court and was actually sentenced. I was there like two weeks after turning myself in, and they came and told me that we're going to give you 10 years. I went in expecting to get two. They said we're going to give you 10 years. I, I don't have anything to say to you. So we left, they set me off, and I come back to the, to the cell, and uh, that's where that scripture come through. Everybody was like, what's happening? What's going on? And I said, they offered me 10 years, but I refused to accept it. God did not bring me here to give me 10 years. You know, I have faith that his plan is going to work and that there is a purpose here. Also, while I was there, there was a guy that dated my sister that I mean, we had a lot of beef. And uh, when he first walked in the cell, I wanted to fight him. You know, but that voice in my soul told me to go, you know, read your Bible, get in Psalms, get into Proverbs. And he come to me and he says, uh, man, I just want to apologize to you for everything that had happened. And that, um, you know, I watched The Passion of the Christ about two weeks ago. He says, I know you know God. He said, I want to give my life to Jesus. He says, man, I can't read. I can't write. Will you read the Bible to me? So we got up every morning and I read five well, I read one chapter of Proverbs and five Psalms to him every morning, and that was our daily routine. I told him, man, if you believe that and if you have faith, God will allow you to, to start reading. We got him a Bible sent in. He started reading, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He watched church. I've seen his life change, you know what I mean? It was a, it was a wonderful opportunity 
for me to be able to share God with somebody else. And I would have never got that chance. So eventually I wind up getting a three-year extension to my probation, which I'm on probation right now for seven years. It'll be done in 2021. Um, I went to Safe P, which is a, a substance abuse and treatment program for a year, or they said it was a year. I was supposed to do six months there and then six months in the halfway house. I got out two days early from Safe P, and I had never gotten in any trouble there. I got out a month and a half early from the halfway house and never gotten in any trouble there. It's all because of God's hand in my life, allowing people to come into my life and the right people and to me to know that he's in control and not to worry about every day and not to worry about the situation that I'm looking at now because there's a path that's made for me. And if I'll just follow him, that path will lead to victory. Amen. Uh, I have letters in my nightstand still to this day that Eric had written uh, to me as he's going through all this process. And uh, just to see what God was doing was an amazing thing. Uh, you finally get out. And uh, through this whole process, I mean, we, I mean, obviously, we didn't kick you out of your journey group. We had a spot for you. Just real quick, I mean, I remember us helping Courtney in any way we could. And we told her from day one, listen, if you'll have the faith and the trust that God will, will take care of this, you need to know that you'll never, you'll never need a meal that we can't help provide. There will never be something that you can't afford and uh, the girl is a, she's a worker. And so she, she never really need our help. Uh, but we just said, look, we're here to partner with you. You finally get home. You get plugged back into a journey group. And uh, let's just talk about, I mean, think about your past. I mean, landing a job, trying to get, you know, kind of on your feet. I mean, Courtney had no problem. And she's really has been a stability uh, and a source of I would say income and hope for your your marriage in the future, but also just your relationship. But just talk about kind of what happened. Uh, maybe Sam, just start real quick. You got thirty seconds, so we can get to some other good stuff. But just talk about leaving law enforcement and kind of what you're doing now and how that moved over to Eric. So after the election, uh, it it had a lot. Of, I, I worried that a lot of people were going to think I was mad that I had lost the election, and it had nothing to do with it. It was. Uh, I looked at uh, I needed a change in my life, and I needed to plug into my my family and my daughter, uh, my wife. Uh, they had given up uh, for 12 years. Uh, I stayed at it hard and heavy, working way too many hours in law enforcement. I loved every minute of it. I don't regret any of it, but I was ready for a change. A friend of mine who had worked at Kaufman County Sheriff's Office uh, had started up his own business in the, uh, in the roofing and general contract business, and he had been working on me to come, uh, come to work for him. And so I had been selling – I had been selling on the side part-time. Uh, roofs, roofs. Roofs. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> roofs. I think everybody. Yeah. 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 Everybody knew. I mean, at travel with Eric, everybody yeah. had yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd been selling roofs on the side, and, uh, I, but I, I was really nervous about leaving law enforcement because that's what I knew. That's what I was good at. And, uh, but at the same time, I had uh, about a year prior, I'd gotten my uh, – instructor license and started instructing but I never had time to instruct because I was always working cases so I went over and started doing this and it worked out and I made the leap after talking to my wife and everything uh, uh, in fact this March will be a year I left uh, full-time law enforcement but I was doing that when Eric came home and had just really gotten into it and I uh, really believed in it he got a job at a furniture store 
and it was you know uh, getting him by and everything. But uh, we we had talked him from knowing uh, a little bit about him, and just I knew that we needed to take the journey group philosophy and putting like minded people around each other and building one another. And I was wanting to help him as much as I could. So I you know uh, he talked about uh, coming to work for us and everything. I said, well, let's get you a little bit of money built up first because this is you know this is not going to be quick cash. So he was faithful to it, and he stayed at the furniture store. He worked his butt off, and uh, he uh, then the opportunity came. It was the right time, and he made the leap and came over with us. And uh, I remember the first time he called me, uh, the uh, the owner had called him, and he asked him something. He said, uh, Eric called me. He goes, Steve just called me. He, like, wanted my opinion about something. And uh, he was like, what, you know, I mean, does he really want my opinion? I was like, yeah, he really wants your opinion. And I remember talking to Steve uh, Hendricks, the owner, and I said, you know, I could see the change in Eric starting at that point. You know, nobody had ever really uh, believed in him and put that value other than Courtney. And so to have, you know, it inspired me to want to push more and to uh, to want to, you know, see how much more we could push him to, to become better. And so that's kind of how we made the jump over there. And uh, I'll tell you right now, Brandon, we were just talking about it uh, backstage before we came out here is much this man right here sitting is given me as much as uh, I hope that I've given him to the fact of having those Christ-like conversations in the truck we're probably in the truck we're, we're not always in the truck together but I don't know probably two three times a week you know even if it's just riding into Dallas to the office uh, but being able to uh, Eric probably knows the Bible better than I do he probably knows uh, in fact there's not probably he does <laughs> And so there's areas, and that's where I've learned to feed off of him. And it's just amazing what, you know, when you give a little bit, what you can get back. Yeah. So, hey, real quick, the very first check you ever got from the roofing company, what was your thoughts when, when the very first one you ever got? I should have done this a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to see what God has done with these two men is really cool. But let me just kind of, we'll fast forward, and uh, then we're going to kind of put a bow tie. Guys, we haven't even come close to tapping into all their story. Uh, but we wanted to kind of give you an idea so that you could have conversations, but so you could celebrate what God has done. I think the best thing that God has done is not, you know, how he orchestrated and worked things out uh, through your sentencing I don't think it was your faithfulness uh, you know, there, although that's incredible. I don't even think it's your relationship. I think the greatest thing that he has done is the relationship that you and Courtney have. Um, and so Courtney and him have a child together, uh, have had a lot of challenges in the relationship, mostly because you're a bonehead, right? Absolutely. Amen. Um, but they, they, they came to merge um, this last really fall semester and walk through and just tell them what merge meant to you just some of the things that you learned just from the scriptures about how to be a husband how to be a father and then we'll go from there so merge really was an eye-opening experience for me um at that point our relationship had been good but we made a conscious decision to always try to make it better and we went into merge we met some excellent people and uh formed some really good friendships i believe but um, it really showed me that my perception of what marriage is or what relationships are was kind of uh, skewed to the, what the <coughs> world's opinion was. Everything I knew 
about relationships or marriage or commitment come from, you know, media or, uh, you know, the environment that I grew up in. And none of it was was actually true. None of it was biblical. So getting to see some of those principles for the very first time and really understanding what God's plan was for the family and for uh, fatherhood and for, for as a husband is really a lot of responsibility. And coming to understand that um, a lot of times we come into a relationship with expectations for the other person and that they have expectations for us and that a lot of conflict comes from the fact that neither one of us want to express what those expectations are. So it really paved a way to have conversations to say, okay, this is what I expect and this is what you expect and how can we find common ground and make this work you know, to the fullness of its potential. It also showed me uh, my place as, you know, the leader in the family, which is a responsibility I have probably been uh, dodging for a long time. You know, I, I would always uh, seek what she thought or, you know, and really I was failing in leading my family in a biblical way. And coming to understand that really allowed me to change and take control and lead as God had intended and that, um you know, just to see in the short time the the transformation of our relationship and uh, the way that I talk to my daughter or, or try to live my life as an example so that she sees a godly example of a husband and a father and a man uh, is really just a life-changing experience in itself. Yeah, and uh, I know that these guys have had multiple conversations about, like, Eric and where does he fit in within the church and where's his place. I mean, Sam's been serving as a journey group leader. He's helped some in our student ministry in terms of uh, just some different areas over time. And so Eric's like, well, where do I get plugged in? Where do I get plugged in? And I think some of the things that were holding him back were some of the relationship issues that he had that he he didn't at the time realize that, he was living in foolishness or in ignorance, but our leadership did. And so we'd have to have some conversations just about godly living and what that looks like. And that there's lots of areas that you can serve, but there are a few that are off limits until you really understand what it looks like to live in a covenant relationship with this girl that you're living with. And uh, we're celebrating all that God has done, but I want you to realize this, that we have been very patient with him because we've seen God's growth and he didn't have it all together but I think merge was kind of that, that pivotal moment where his, his eyes were illumined to all that God had for him. And I remember us sitting together and uh, we were talking and uh, him and Courtney have come to over the house you know, a time or, or two and we've sat here and visited on multiple occasions. But that moment where he goes, I'm moving out. And we didn't ask him to. It's just as he learned God's truth, he goes, I'm moving out. And I'm going to live with my mother-in-law. And uh, they were really worried about that. But now Kennedy, some night she'll go and stay with him. Some night she'll stay with Courtney, whatever. But he's like, I'm dad. And that doesn't change. So this man's schedule, for all you men in here who have a tendency to be apathetic, this man's schedule is to get up early, early in the morning and go and make breakfast for him and his fiance and for his daughter to make sure she's up, ready for school, then he'll help take her to school so Courtney can go to work. He goes and works all day and then comes home, and he has all of his responsibilities at night, helping cook, clean, get everything, baths, bedtime, kisses his daughter goodnight, kisses Courtney and says, I'll see you in the morning, and goes and he, he sleeps. And this has just been a routine. And two weeks from now, from yesterday, you guys get married. Right? Amen? So. Thank you. 
And I can't wait to be a part of it. Sam told me earlier, he said, yeah, we went yesterday and we got fitted for our, our tuxes. And uh, Sam's my best man. Yeah. So, so cops and robbers, man, it's awesome. Yes. Amen. Can we just praise the Lord for that? I mean, and it's a privilege. Um to be able to be a part of that. And so uh, Kelly and I and some other people in our church, are, are, we're going to be a part of this shindig, uh, and we can't wait because we get to talk about God's faithfulness and about what God has done and their relationship and their family. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I have a special love for him and Courtney and about what God has done in their life. And uh, Sam and I, have uh, we've studied the, the Scripture together for a long time. We have a great relationship, but I'll tell you what they have is really special. And uh, men, if you don't have another man in your life that's like this, you need to be praying for that. Because if you want to go to another level in your relationship with Jesus, it's not just, man, I, I need the church to connect me with someone. No, you need to be prayerfully asking that God would give you a man that you could have a deep abiding relationship with Jesus and have hard conversations together. And ladies, if you, you wonder what my man needs, you should be praying that God would send him a friend, uh, that they could grow in Jesus together. But I love you guys. Thank you for sharing. We're going to pray together, and then we're going to be dismissed to have a great week of worship. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. God, we love you, and we thank you for this time. We thank you for what you have done in these two men's lives. We thank you for Sam and for Crystal and for their relationship. We thank you for Samantha. And God, uh, we pray, Lord, that you would use them to form and shape their home to please you and honor you. God, we thank you for Eric and for Courtney. We thank you for their relationship. We thank you, God, for your faithfulness to them, even though they were unfaithful at times. God, we thank you that you have used them uh, and showed them your grace and your mercy. We thank you for their journey group and for the men and women who've invested in all their lives. We thank you for Kennedy. Uh, that she's going to grow up, and she's going to have a father and a mother in their home. And what Eric experienced as a young boy is not something she's going to experience. And so we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you, God, that uh, we get to see evidence of you in their lives. And God, a lot of people can dispute who you are and what you've done, but they cannot dispute when you take a law enforcement officer, or a convict, and you make them best friends in the name of Jesus. And uh, we thank you for that. We pray that you would use that for your glory and our good. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen.